Hello, friends, and welcome. We are so excited that you are on this journey of running for National FFA office. You have made it here, and you've made it this far, and have definitely put in so much work. But you may be wondering, where do I even go from here? And so hopefully that's what we get to help you figure out today. And welcome to the National FFA Officer Candidate Growth Project podcast. We hope you've been able to tune in to some of our other episodes so far. Um, I'm Gracie Furnish. I'm from Kentucky. I'm a past national officer um, in 2017 and 2018. And on this episode, we have three very special guests today, and they will introduce themselves. Yeah. Uh, hello, this is Mamie Hurdle serving this year as the Central Region Vice President from the state of Montana. Hey everyone, I'm Tess Seibel. I'm from the state of Virginia, and I'm serving this year as the Eastern Region Vice President. And I'm Erin Noble. I'm the third year adult consultant to the process representing uh, NASAE and I am from New Jersey. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much um, for spending this afternoon on this episode and being um, excited to share about your wisdom and your experience and your perspective on this process of running for national office. And so all candidates, it's definitely a known fact that this election process looks very different this year than in typical years. What is some advice that you would give candidates as they prepare to do this experience virtually? I think um, my advice would be to approach the process um, the same you would if it was in person. Um, I know that the screen separates um, the candidates from the committee, but uh, who you are as a person and what you represent and how you represent national FFA should be the same whether you're behind a computer screen or in person. Um, so my advice is just treat it as if we are together. Yeah, I would totally agree with um, Ms. Noble and just say that every single year, um, one of the main things that I've heard people say is that um, don't let yourself fade throughout the process. Um, you want to be unique and you want to make sure that the nominating committee sees you as a unique person and you're not just giving answers that everyone would give. Um, and I think that stays true for this year with all of the hours that the nominating committee is going to be spending um, looking at a Zoom screen. You're going to want to be someone that they remember for those unique traits that are um, specific to you and just sharing those things that um, really display who you are um, that wouldn't necessarily be just something everyone would say. Yeah, I love those thoughts. Um, the only thing I would add is don't feel like because this is virtual, this process is any less important or interactions are less important. I know I got caught up in that of saying like, I'm doing a video, it's like not as important as, you know, doing something in person, but that's so not true. Um, every interaction that you have with that committee matters. Every webinar you attend to prepare for that matters. Someone is watching. And so I think that, you know, we got to take this process seriously and take it as seriously as you would in person. For me, when I'm doing uh, virtual interviews, I still, you know, do the same things. Use a mint, have water, like wear <laughs> pants because it helps you get into that mindset of this is an actual interview. It's not less important because I'm on Zoom. We want to always present ourselves professionally, even if those little external factors you can't see, it's going to come through. Most definitely. And I think this year, as it ever, people need inspiration and people are looking for just positivity. And whether that's the nomcom or if you get elected to be a national officer, even if you're doing a lot virtually, like people still need that inspiration and that leadership and that positivity in their lives. So that's definitely um, so crucial right now. 
So as candidates are prepping, there's a lot of resources. Um, definitely the handbook, there's been different phone calls with FFA staff, other candidates, things like that. But there's still some different misconceptions that float around, I think, that a lot of candidates have. Um, what are some of those logistical misconceptions of the process that you all have heard or that maybe you even thought when you were running or Miss Noble that you've heard um, as an adult consultant? I can kick us off with this one. One of the most common questions that I get from candidates is what in the world do I do if I know someone on this nominating committee? Like what if they were a teammate or we went to ILSSO together? Um, and the, the thing to realize is that those nominating committee members are being trained to put those biases aside um, and they want this to be a fair process. And you as a candidate should want this to be a fair process too. So if someone's a teammate of yours, don't really worry about it. Know that that week is very important and you need to show up that week. Um, they're not going to take all this other information that they have about you and put it into that decision because that's not fair to every other candidate. So what my advice for people that have a personal relationship on NomCom, um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of keeping it casual and keeping it comfortable during these interview rounds. And so if you go to a one-on-one -on -one and you know someone, um, like I know Mrs. Noble, I might be like, hey, Miss Noble, like how's New Jersey? You know, that's totally natural. That's what I would do in person. I don't want to be like, hi, Mrs. Noble, I'm Tess Seibel from Virginia. Nice to meet you. Because that like, that's just not comfortable because we already have a relationship. So know that they're going to make it a fair process. Um, don't worry about those biases coming in, but also don't be afraid to keep it comfortable and casual and continue that relationship because that's what this is. It's a relationship that you're building with these committee members. As an adult consultant, one of my favorite parts of the process is um, mixing and mingling with the candidates as they're waiting outside of the interview rooms. Um, and one-on-one -on -one in particular, I feel like we have a lot of time um, to have some conversations. And um, I feel some of the conversations, you know, is my hair okay? Am I wearing it the right way? If the nominating committee wants me to wear it, do I shake their hands? Do I not shake their hands? Do I walk in on the right or the left? Like, the candidates get so overwhelmed with those, what I would call silly logistics. Um, you know, just go in that room and be you. And if you trip over a cord, that's, that's what happens. Um, but it's not going to change what comes out in that interview of who you are as a person, your experiences, and what you bring to National FFA. I love it. And I, I think tripping over a cord shows that we're human beings and that just you laugh it off and you go because if you're elected to be a national officer there's going to be many times that you are going to show your very human side or your klutzy side or whatever like it's just going to happen and so just own it in that room and i think it's another way to just connect with the people on the nominating committee because they're real people like and they know they just want to see you um so with this next part um, a lot of times candidates struggle to know if they um, are putting in enough work. Like, is this enough? Am I talking to enough people? Am I reflecting enough? Am I practicing enough? All the things. Is it enough? What advice would you give to candidates um, on how they can overcome that challenge of wondering if they are putting in enough? I think on. Oh, sorry, Mamie. Yeah, Miss Noble, go. you're good. Please go. Okay, uh, so I think that the individuals that are asking themselves that question, like, am I doing enough? Am I studying enough? Um, 
the fact that you're asking that is probably an indicator that you are enough and that you have done enough. If you're the type of person that is stressed out and worried about that, you're probably putting in the work and the time that you need to be putting in. Um, I would honestly be a little bit concerned if you were thinking, oh, yep, I'm good. I'm completely ready because at no point did I ever feel that way. And I think most candidates would agree that they did not feel that way uh, leading up to convention. Um, yes, we'll be excited. And, you know, um, as far as mentally prepared to go into the room, yes, but this whole process of running for national office isn't just a process of getting elected. It's a process of finding out who you are and growing as a person, and that's lifelong. You never stop that. And so um, as far as like, am I doing enough? Um, I think you're on the right track if you're asking yourself those questions, um, because it means that you're in it for the long haul and you're in it for, you know, many months, years, your whole life after the process is finished. So I was going to add, I'm a big supporter of writing personal goals during processes like this. Um, and anytime I've trained candidates or worked with students when I was an ag teacher for career development events, we always set goals. And as long as we came out at the end of the day, having achieved those personal goals, whether we won or not, uh, that was what was most important, that we came in and did our personal best and that we felt good about that best. Uh, and that's what my advice would be um, for, for the candidates is, you know, set those goals and if you meet them, then you did your best. And that's, you can be happy with that. I'm going to echo exactly what Mrs. Noble said. I had the, um, and if you've watched a couple of podcasts at this point, you know what I'm about to say, but um, I had the honor of running for national office two times. The first year I got really caught up in this question of, am I doing enough? I felt like I, you know, was trying to balance my first year at college and that was overwhelming in of itself and the first time away from home, you know, and the first time outside of FFA and then I had national office. So all of these things were consuming my attention. And so I remember thinking like, I'm studying for my chemistry class. Like, am I doing enough for national office? Am I wasting this opportunity, that type of thing? And so what I found that second year, what really helped me um, because those questions continued to surface in my mind was exactly what Mrs. Noble said of making goals. Um, defining what does success look like for you? And so I did that weekly. Uh, weekly, I was gonna accomplish X, Y, and Z. Um, so that by convention, I have done these things and I knew going into that process, I had at least checked those things off. That process continued for me during the week of convention. I set intentions before every single interview round and checked off those goals because for me, I redefined what success looked like by knowing that, you know, I was going to show my values and, you know, do whatever that was. Success for me was not getting elected. Success for me was showing up as the best version of myself every single interview round. And so I think when we, we redefine what success means for us as a candidate and break it into goals, that's a very easy way to lay our head, head down at night, you know, night before interviews start and say, you know what, I accomplished those goals. I worked hard. Um, I was a student at the same time. I have a lot going on in life, but here I am. And I'm going to be very intentional this week about just showing up and redefining what success means for me this week. That helped me a lot as a candidate. I love all of it. And it's, it's a lifelong process. Like Mamie said, like you're not doing it just to get elected and test, like you said, and Miss Noble and Tess, like talking about the goal setting, if you were laying that foundation through this process and you've probably done this um, in years past, but that should continue even after um, these interviews and if you get elected or not. And I think just the work that 
people get to do as they run as a candidate is just so cool and so crucial at this moment in our life. And don't beat yourself up too much because I know candidates can definitely fall into that. With all that work and all the work that you're putting in and the preparation, it can be very hard for people who have never experienced this process to understand what's going on. Your friends may be like, okay, why can't you go hang out with us? Or your family may ask like, okay, why are you not coming home this weekend? So many different people are wondering, okay, what's going on? So how did you all explain um, to people what you were doing? And then how did you explain to them what it might look like if you were to get elected? I can kick us off with this one. Um, my family is um, very split down the road of FFA and ag involvement. So my dad is an ag teacher, state staff, like was an adult consultant for the national officer selection process. Like he knows it pretty much as well as I think any parent can. My mom's side of the family, um, she grew up in a military family, lived in a bunch of different states, not from an ag background. And so when I was you know, preparing for this process, my grandparents on my mom's side did not understand at all, you know, what I was doing. And just to be completely um, candid with you all, my grandparents had a really hard time understanding why I would potentially take off of school if I were to get elected. I do, I did have the conversation of them and they encouraged me not to run for national office, actually. Um, not because they didn't think it was a good thing, but because I was doing so well in school and had other opportunities within my major and coming from a military family, they are very much you follow the plan and you do what you need to do to get done. Um, and so, you know, having both sides of that, I, I can appreciate where candidates are coming from, I feel like, either way. Either parents are fully supportive or maybe they aren't. The best thing that I found for me that helped me with those family members that maybe were struggling was to take them along the process with me, um, to involve them in my preparation process, whether that was calling them and explaining, you know, what a one-on-one -on -one interview was and telling them about a story I was going to tell or, you know, involving them just in, in my preparation process by discussing what leadership is within the military, maybe, and, you know, bringing my grandfather into that conversation. And so those grandparents, ultimately, they weren't able to come to convention, but they watched it on RFD TV, uh, that final session. And, you know, I don't think they truly understand what FFA is, because it's one thing that's so hard to explain if you haven't been there. But as much as we can take them along the process with us, they are still a supporter in our lives and, and we can involve them, but just in different ways. Yeah, I don't I love know it. that I would add there um, to Tess, Tess's point. Um, with my family members, my parents both were in FFA, so it was kind of new to everyone. Um, <laughs> but I think just, they don't have to know like the itty bitty little logistics and like what you're gonna be doing throughout the year. Um, because honestly, that can get really confusing to explain. Mm -hmm. But just showing them how much this meant to me and how passionate I was about it, that's how they supported me. And they knew that this was something that I really wanted to do. And um, maybe I wouldn't tell them about how I would be, um, you know, doing this workshop with these students and how I would be teaching this. But it was talking about how I would get to travel and, you know, share my love of agriculture with thousands of students and be a part of something that um, I'd wanted to do since I was, you know, a young FFA member and they had watched me go through my FFA journey. And so just showing them how passionate I was about it and how much it meant to me was how I was able to bring them along with me in that journey. That's awesome. And I think one of the coolest things is just telling them why and then also maybe asking 
or telling them ways that they can support you during that week because people are going to want to support you. So maybe think through your mind, you know, I might feel selfish saying, Oh, could you do this for me? But people want to help, especially if they know you're doing something you're so passionate about. And I think it's cool to invite them into that process. Cause then whatever happens, they can celebrate with you um, and be there for you all along the way. On this next part, so a lot of candidates, um, and I was definitely one of these candidates, um, would walk out of a round and say, oh, I definitely blew it on that round. There is absolutely no way I'm going to get elected. For all three of you, what would you say to a candidate that feels that way? So they hop on their Zoom call, their interview, um, or whichever platform it's going to go through, and they just walk away from it thinking, I completely blew it. What would you say to that candidate? Uh, one thing that I had, a con I, so this happened to me last year, I did my stand and deliver and walked out of that room and was like, well, darn it. That's great. That's right before the cut. Like, fantastic. This is, this is, this is great. And so I remember sitting in the hotel lobby and I was crying and my mom was there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not good. And I had a conversation with her and talked about, you know, what had happened and why I didn't think I had done as well and all of that and like I said my mom's side of the family is not very FFA heavy so it's not like she could walk through the little technicalities with me but what she said was that you know this week as a as a committee they're looking more for consistency it's not all about one round you know obviously you don't want to blow every single round but it's okay because you're human you know we're all going to have good days and we're all going to have bad days but it's more about that consistency through the process it's me as a candidate saying, you know what, that round did not go well, but I'm not going to carry that into the next round. I'm not going to let that affect the rest of my week. I'm going to do what I need to do to process, you know, those feelings that I'm having and know that it's more about consistency and it's more about that decision to stand back up when I fall. And that is life. You know, as a national officer, life is not always peachy keen. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to bomb a workshop or a speech or an interaction. But what is that committee looking for? That committee is looking for the person that can pick themselves back up and show back up for students because that is what it's all about. It's about showing up for students. And so that little come to Jesus moment with my mom really helped me. And then the rest of the week, again, I looked at the process more about consistency and every round is an individual round and a new opportunity to shine. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with the fact that the nominating committee is looking for well-rounded individuals. And the fact that you messed up um, on one round or two rounds, whatever it is, however you're feeling, doesn't define the rest of the process for you. And if you let it define the rest of the process for you, then I would say like to Tessa's point, um, they can see that you can't pick yourself back up from mistakes and that's not a good thing. Um, but same as Tess, I had around last year, it was actually the very first round where um, I talked so fast, I was out of there in half the time and <laughs> I felt so bad and that uh, I had just, you know, bombed it and um it it just goes back to the point of they know that you're human they know that you're nervous and they know that um you having those emotions or maybe being a little bit faster paced with your speech like i was or maybe it's a speech whatever it is that you feel like you messed up on it just shows that you are human and that you're willing to to grow um and it i just really am a big believer that that week is not defined by one round it's a by all of it and so don't let yourself get stuck in the rut with one well they pretty much said everything that I was thinking um, but <laughs> the other piece of advice I would give with everything what they just said 
uh, you know, maybe sit back and self-reflect on what that round looked like to you. Um, then we, I like to use um, the rose thorn and bud method where the rose is like one thing that you feel like you did really, really well and can be proud of. Um, the thorn would be, you know, what was it specifically that made you feel rotten about that round? And what can you do to um, maybe make it better or do something different next time? And then the bud would be um, something that you're looking forward to in the next step or phase of the process. So if you find yourself in this type of um, situation, maybe reflect on what happened, try to see the good, because I'm sure there was a whole lot more good than bad, um, because we like to focus on the bad, um, but maybe try that rose, thorn, and bud, and that might help you um, move on to the next round and, and keep up the, the good work. The rose, thorn, and bud, I've written, I wrote that down, Miss Noble, while you were going through it. I always hear gems and ops, but I love that too. I just, and even not just that week during interviews and after rounds, but as you're continuing down this preparation process, and even after um, that week, no matter what happens, just continue using that. Like you are doing really great, no matter what you're doing. And so many times we tend to focus on the bad and we forget to look forward to what's coming next. So I, I that's awesome. That's really great. Ms. Obel, this question is specifically towards you. Um, with your role as an adult consultant um, with the nominating committee and um, as state FFA staff, is there any specific advice you would give to candidates? I mean, I think this is going to sound cliche, but it's the, the best advice I can give. Just be authentically you. Uh, the nominating committee doesn't want to see a show. They don't want to see, you know, that stereotypical state officer they want to see you or not state officer national officer they want to see you they want it they, they want to see what's unique about you they want to see who you are not who you think you need to be um, so as simple as it sounds uh, and I've, I've had the chance to meet a lot of candidates over the years the last two years and um, just working with state officers across the country in general just be you you can you can tell and you can see right through a person um, who's trying to put on a show. There's no need for it through the process. Um, just bring you. You are enough. Yes, spot on. And that was something so many people told me as a candidate. And then now I tell candidates that I'm like, I promise, like that's that's what you got to do. And I, it sounds so um, almost like simple, you know, it's like one simple sentence, but then it's so complex to think about that. But I know we definitely discussed it, um, in another episode with a self-discovery and I think a couple of the other ones. So that's all it's about. They want to see you and they want to see the you that will be able to connect with students and other stakeholders of the organization. Mamie and Tess, this one's more directed towards you. So, um, candidates are prepping, you know, for this process, but we don't want them just prepping for those interviews. Like we want them just growing as people and then growing so then if they potentially become a national officer they're ready to rock and roll they're ready to hit the ground running so with that thought in mind what are some of the biggest lessons um, and takeaways that you've had this year that you would like to share with candidates um, as they're about to kind of step into this very loaded questions so <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> Um, I would say, you know, this year has taught us all how to be flexible. And um, I, you know, I don't think I would have considered myself that flexible of a person before this. I don't, I don't think I would have. I, I'm very much like plans and structure kind of person. And so one of my biggest takeaways from this year is that 
even if where we end up is different than we expected, that does not mean it is not valuable. And it does not mean it is not where we were meant to end up. And so I think about that this year, you know, this year as a national officer, my last time on the road was in March with Mrs. Noble. And I'm, you know, if we only could have known what this year was going to hold, right? Where we ended up this year is nowhere close to where I thought we were going to end up. Um, but that does not mean that that's not where we were meant to end up. And that does not mean it is valuable. As a candidate, I think that we have to be honest and realize this next year is not going to be normal. Um, I know some of us were upset when we learned that we wouldn't be with our team if we get elected until January. Y'all, that's life. Like, we've got to be flexible. Um, and we've got to remember why we're doing what we're doing. And I know Mamie's probably going to talk about that. And that's her her big, big thing. But like, we just have to be flexible and realize that no matter where we end up, if it is as a national officer or not, um, that is where we're meant to be. And if you are lucky enough to be a national officer, know that that is the year you were meant to be a national officer. And that's something that I struggled with a lot this year. I had the question in my mind of like, why didn't I just get elected last year? Why couldn't I have waited three years? Like why, why now, why is this happening? And um, you know, mine came in the form of faith because that was important to me. But what I really took away is the race that we are running is the race we are meant to run. We're not meant to run someone else's race. So for all y'all that are watching this that are gonna be national officers next year, the race you're about to run is, is what it's supposed to be. You're meant to be a national officer in 2020, 2021. It's gonna be not what you expected, I'm sure. It's gonna be challenging, but it is not less valuable because it is different. Yeah, um, I think my biggest takeaway from this year, and like Tess said, it's kind of been the defining thing for me um, over the past few months, wasn't an easy thing to learn, and it seems so simple that I should have figured it out earlier, um, but this whole concept of knowing what our mission is regardless of the method, and that's kind of been, like I said, my mantra through all of this, because why we're doing things has stayed the same. Um, we want to, you know, give the best experience to students, we want to impact students, we want to do things for our community. That hasn't changed for anyone inside FFA or outside FFA, I would say, um, in the broader sense of it, but the method of how we do things has changed drastic, drastically. Um, our team, you know, hasn't had the ability to travel and people outside of FFA too, their jobs have changed, but how they do it doesn't matter when, why we do it is, you know, at the forefront of our minds. And I think to every candidate that's, you know, questioning um, or was questioning, should I do this or not? Um, I think it says a lot about you that you chose yes, because you don't know what this next year holds. You don't know how you're going to do national office or what method is going to be what we use um, to do those things to complete that mission. But you know why you want to do it. And that will be the driving force behind everything you do. Um, and I think our team has just had to be so rooted in our mission because the method has changed so many times. Um, and that's the thing that I've learned this year and I'll, I'll take it with me for the rest of my life that that has to be the most important thing at the forefront of all of our minds that our mission and our why and our purpose is what um, leads us and not how we do it or the method that we do it with. 
Oh, I just wrote down quotes from both of you all. Just so awesome. And I think so many people were asking like, why now? Why me? Why does it have to look like this? And just being so rooted in that mission and that purpose. And you all are truly meeting people where they are and you all are showing up for people and being so intentional with this time, even though this is not the way that you would have ever imagined it happening. And so mad props to you all and your team and to so many people out there and also to the candidates that are watching this. I mean, you all know that you're stepping into this to so many unknowns and just um, being flexible and just being ready to take it on. And that truly shows who you all are as people and the character that you have and why you're doing this. So as we come up at the end of this episode, I'll just open it up. Are there any last, um, last advice, tips, tricks, any words of wisdom that you would like to pass on to national officer candidates this year? Uh, one of my big ones is that know that the committee wants you to shine and they want you to succeed. Um, I know that NOMCOM is scary. I know we think they're nitpicking and they're looking at every little detail and sure they have things that they're evaluating for, but those individuals, and I can say that like full confidence, uh, Mamie and I actually had the, the honor of selecting these individuals, they want you to succeed. They do not want you to bomb an interview round. Um, and so just know that we want the best for you. This committee wants the best for you. And as candidates, we should want the best for each other. We should want the best six individuals, or not the best six, the individuals that our members need next year to result in this process. We should want every single one of us to show up and shine and do our best because that is what FFA teaches us how to do. And at the end of it, it's gonna work out the way it's meant to. Um, but just, we want you to shine and, and have that confidence within yourself that that's, that is true and the honest truth. I've always liked the quote, this is not a definition, it's the direction. Um, so at the end of October, um, whatever comes of the process, it is not a definition, it is a direction. Yeah, and I might sound like a broken record here saying it over and over again about being your authentic self and you know showing that committee who you really are uniquely. But um, I remember after getting elected thinking like, when is the magic fairy going to come around and make me a national officer? Like, I'm just Mamie still. Um, what? I don't understand, you know? Um, and to the six that do get elected, there's no one that's going to come around and magically give you, you know, the feeling that you deserve to be there, that you, like, are a national officer. Um, and I think I struggled a lot with the comparison um, of other national officers before me and thinking, like, well, they were such inspiring individuals. How could I ever be like them? And we're not meant to be like them. We're meant to be a new officer team for new members and a new year. Um, and we have to make the most of that. And I think to the six that do get elected and the individuals that aren't selected um, as national officers, there's nothing that's going to change about you. And so show up that week being you um, because that's the most important thing. And just show the best version of yourself um, that you have learned throughout this prep process. Y'all are incredible. This, is, this has just been so awesome. And um, to all of our candidates out there, we hope that this has been so helpful to you and we hope that you go in there and rock it and just continue being your authentic self and um, quit being too hard on yourself. So just enjoy this process and enjoy the journey um, and just be right where you are. So thanks for joining in.